0: Welcome back to The Story Podcast. I am Harris Third. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. Over these last few weeks here on The Story Podcast... We've been jumping into the first of five different storytelling types, something that we simply call the amplifier. And so whether you are an amplifier who is trying to boost your storytelling skill set and get better at amplifying the stories that you want to be heard, or you're trying to learn how to better do this in your own storytelling, this is a great opportunity to learn from other amplifiers that we've been hosting on the podcast. This week we're going to dip into the archives of a recent roundtable conversation that we hosted on Zoom. This was an open zoom call. We had a couple hundred people present, different members of the story community gathering around this very topic. A few of the special guests we had on this roundtable were Ben Stewart, one of the co-founders from Louder Agency, an amazing amplifier, an incredible brand messaging strategist and copywriter named Janelle Traister, and an artist activist, a longtime friend of the story community, Benjamin Vaughn Wong. All of them are gifted amplifiers and have a unique perspective um, and yet share one single goal in common. How do I move people? How do I ensure that a story or a cause or a belief gets heard? How do we mobilize people around that idea so that they take action? All of them are brilliant at this, and yet they each have their own unique angle on how to best accomplish this because they're gifted in unique ways. As we've had this conversation around amplification, how to leverage the power of story to amplify, there's one thing that we have consistently come back to, and that is that story's greatest power is not in its ability to simply convert, but its ability to connect. And that even if the long-term goal is change, AKA conversion, that if you wanna play the long game, you must lead with connection first. Now for an artist activist like Benjamin Von Wong, that can be a little bit complicated because it's difficult to be patient in the long-term value journey that you walk people through when the cause that you are trying to amplify needs attention now. And so listen in on this conversation between myself, Ben Stewart, Janelle Traster, and Benjamin Von Wong about that tension of patience versus impatience when it comes to leading with connection and playing the long game. Listen in.
1: Yeah, I was thinking a lot about what you guys were saying there about how everything begins with human connection. And and I think, you know, with all things activism, or so let's let's, let's go to dating for a second here. Like before you go on a date with someone, uh, generally speaking, uh, you, you want to make sure that you have some levels of values alignment before you go on a date. Otherwise, you're probably shooting yourself in, a, in the foot, right? Like if you're not there for the same reasons, probably not going to be a very good date. Um, and so I think of storytelling kind of in the same way. Um, maybe one of the biggest disjoints that I find is that people just look at life on different time horizons. So, you know, um, you know, one could, one could make the argument that a, uh, a smoking company could tell, could, could have a wonderful story on how nicotine helps ease anxiety. And so, you know, we're, we're actually really focused on improving people's lives by marketing, uh, nicotine as a social tool to fight against loneliness and anxiety. And, and so, You know we should all be smokers but then when you look at the long game the long horizon that's where problems occur and it doesn't mean that in these companies where people are working that these people are terrible people um they're just looking at the world from a slightly different perspective these aren't bad people and so i I guess i guess for me it's you know I, i i think of it as just slowly trying to get people to look at something with a different perspective and so to get people to look at something with a different perspective you have to find the commonalities um, when I think so, so if we take like, let's say left and right, not to bring too much politics into it, but like there are certain words or trigger words that just shut people down. Um, for, for people on the far right, if you use the words climate change, everyone's going to like have a heyday, but if you say like, oh, do you want to like, do, would you like to preserve the, the purity of these forests for the for the future generations? Like, yeah, for sure. So like, there are just words and phrasings of things like everyone wants things to be made locally. Everyone wants like resources to be cheaply available everyone's looking for stability and and, and growth right? like we're all looking at, at the core for a certain number of same things and if we can start there then maybe we can start um, changing the way people look at things and I think that in these in, in storytelling we have at least in the activism you know you can use the carrot or the stick right greenpeace is using the stick just like keep beating on the people who are not doing well and then you have the carrot which is kind of encouraging people to go the right way I don't think one is better than the other however I think both are useful tools and you can kind of figure out where you prefer to spend your time um personally i've been on the the stick side for most of my career um and i i'm starting to get tired of it like i'm personally starting to feel really depressed about it and so i'm just like okay i need you know what what do solutions look like let's start talking about solutions because i'm really tired of talking about problems and so i don't know i think you know i guess i kind of drifted here in in the original direction of the, the, the the question but yeah, when, when I think of, uh, of people and, and the urgency at which I think change needs to happen, and it's not even for me, it's for the bottom 99%. I can just fly somewhere else. It's fine. Um, uh, but I, but I, really, I really just think of it as like, we can only do the best that we can. And if we burn ourselves out, um, and we stop being able to do the, you know, become the best version of ourselves and show up and do the best work that we can, then, then th- that kills our ability to contribute to. So somewhere in there is the balance between like the urgency we place upon ourselves, the urgency we place upon others, and um, the kind of work that we create.
0: It's so well said. Um, you said something really key there that I so resonate with. You said you're just really tired of focusing on the problems, and you want to focus more <laughs> on the solutions. Um, uh, Janelle spoke earlier about the importance of how she tries to focus on birth, both, like she leads with the problem, but then offers a solution. And so, Janelle, I want to get your thoughts on this too, and Ben, you as well. Um, but to, to just sort of highlight that from my own experience, uh, a few years ago, we were filming this documentary called Counterfeit. And up until that point, I'd spent much of my career. Uh, for those who aren't aware, I have a background of I spent about 20 years touring as a professional magician. And as someone who travels around performing magic shows, who was also trying to figure out what life was all about, there eventually became this season where I stepped into the awareness as a result of kind of hitting rock bottom and messing my mess, going through some darker parts of my story realized, oh man, like the principles of deception that lead people astray. Aren't different at all from the principles of deception that make these different magic tricks work. They're pretty universal. And so, kind of armed with this knowledge, I was like, man, people are being pretty easily influenced and deceived. Um, and so, let's go make them aware of how they're being influenced and deceived. And there's a section of the documentary where we walk up to people in Times Square with a camera and we just start asking people one by one, like, hey, um, are you aware about all the stuff going on around you? You know, it's like nighttime and there's light flashing on people's faces because it's just hundreds of ads. Right. And again, the average person takes in five to 10,000 of those a day. And so I'm like, are you aware that you are being influenced by all these messages? And I expected kind of this like Morpheus from the Matrix moment where they were like, what? The Matrix is real? And dude, a hundred percent of the people were like, oh, yeah, we're totally aware of it. I was like, wait, you already know? Like you already know that you're being tricked and lied to and deceived and sold the right pair of jeans and the right car and the right house and that it's going to make all your problems going to make you happy, and so I, one I was surprised by this and two it started making me wonder okay how can we focus on the solutions if we're aware of the fact that we're being lied to? Why do we not care about more deeply pursuing what is good and true and good, uh, and like healthy for us? Um, and I haven't figured that out yet, but part of it is a shift towards let's just not talk about only the problems. Let's maybe talk about what it is that people are looking for. And in that conversation of helping them discover what they're looking for, maybe we can have a conversation around what's getting in the way. And that's probably the problem. Janelle, does that resonate at all? And how do you take people on that journey?
2: So that's part of what I call, you know, their transformation story, of uh, like, which we all refer to, you know, if we're storytellers often, um, but taking them on that journey from the problem presenting the solution, what is the result, helping them imagine what life could look like. and also like if I'm telling a current customer story, showing them what life really does look like for others who are experiencing it. Um, if I'm telling the origin story, you know, we often think of our origin story as being about ourselves if we start an organization when it's still really about the audience you're serving. And so that idea of, you know, where you move from problem to the result problem to the solution and you go, here's the, you know, here's this thing that I saw in the world that just wasn't right. And why I had to start this and why I had to do this is because I wanted to offer this and moving into that solution, talking about the solution. um, I don't know if that totally answers your question.
0: Yeah, there certainly gives us something to think about. Ben, you want to piggyback on that?
3: Yeah, a little bit. Just getting back to the, you know, I definitely don't want to sit in the space of problems, but mm-hmm. from the stance, from from my position, working with a lot of clients, there are many clients who come to us who haven't really identified the the problems that their customers or audience, you know, donors, if it's a nonprofit or clients or whoever it is that, that they're facing. And they don't really want to talk about those problems because they, they don't want to be negative in their messaging. They don't want to be negative on their website. They don't want to be negative in an ad. Um, and so they only want to say the upside, which is fine, but you know, if you, if you don't have anything to contrast the good to, then the good doesn't really look as good. And if you're not, um, engaging people and showing that empathy of like, I understand what you're going through and I see there is a problem. We exist to overcome something. Then you, it, it makes the story much less compelling. You know, my kids would take away all villains from all Disney movies if they wanted to, at least when they were younger, because they were scary. Right. But if you took away all those villains from the Disney movies, the Disney movies wouldn't really land. They'd be really boring. Right. Um, and so you, you've got to have enough of that problem. You got to start at the place to know what you're overcoming, but then you just, yeah, you, you can't live there. You gotta, you gotta bounce into that. I have a vision for the future. And what is that transformation? What is the better, better place? So just, I, I do want to make sure that we, I say that just for, for all the people out there who might feel justified in not discussing the problem with your messaging or in your marketing or communication, like, no, you, you still got to put it in there. Just don't live there.
2: And sometimes connecting with the right people means helping them identify that there is a problem and that they care about that problem because some people don't realize that something is a problem, whether that's in their own life or the life of someone else, depending on what you're advocating for. Um, and so helping them just to even identify that a problem is important, but also to help them begin to realize what the future could look like instead. Um, and so just tell that story and to paint the picture of what the future could look like in contrast to the problem that's presented.
0: This reminds me of something I said earlier when Von Wong and I were talking about, I said something like, hey, I don't, part of the reason I love your work is it's, I think so much activism is filled with guilt and shame. Like, hey, are you aware that you're a part of the problem? There's a lot of like activism that's like a finger pointing in someone's face and guilt and shame associated with the way things are. And what I love about your work is that you're creating experiences that, yeah, maybe you've, it's tiring to, that because you, you feel like I'm focusing so much on problems, but to me, your work invites people into a bigger story. It serves as a call to a, call to action that also kind of feels like an invitation. Um, that's what I love about it. Any thoughts on that? Any follow up?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think art. So, I, I mean, I'm an, I'm an artist. I create art. I create photos that are you know kind of large and elaborate. And I think when we think of like, maybe maybe this comes from movies and the hero's journey, it's like, oh, there's supposed to be one person that steps in and changes the world. <laughs> but I think that most of the time, change is a byproduct of many, many, many people coming together, um, working on issues for a very, very long period of time. Actually, if we look at how social change happens, big social movements like the civil rights movements, these things take decades in order to actually experience any meaningful shift. And so for most of the life of an activist, you're just frustrated because you're losing. I mean, it's basically <laughs> the job of the activist is to be losing all the time because if you were winning, then you wouldn't be necessary. Um, and so um, <laughs> so part of the role of what I see art as is to continue to encourage people, give people the tools to have different conversations, give them ways to talk about the problem in a way that's not so boring and not so mundane, you know, And and, and so... You know we take we take issues like I don't know, I've done a lot of work on plastics you know almost like six years now and you're still able to come up with ways that people have not thought about um, and and I just think that there's it's kind of a gift right and um, and for me th- there's like a multidisciplinary aspect to what I try to do so there's there's a photograph so that's like a digital medium there's an art installation and so that's something that people can now go and visit and take selfies in front of and then there's a video and that video can maybe show be shown in classrooms not to talk about not just to talk about the problem, but to talk about the adventure and all the things that had to happen in order for this thing to come through. And then once in a while, I'll hear about how these videos are being shared in classrooms to, to students. And it's like, oh, cool. I never even knew what was going on. Because I think when you're a marketer, when you're selling a service or a product, there's a feedback loop, right? You know whether or not you're generating a sale. If you're an artist and an activist, or you're like a, a smaller person just creating something like, sure, it gets spread, it gets seen. And, and then what? And then And then nothing. More often than not, you never hear the the ripples that come back like these messages bottles that you kind of throw out like you, you don't really see that many of them coming back in and so somewhere in there is a dance between you know finding once again enough resiliency to keep going on enough sustainability for yourself to keep wanting to go further um and then and and, and and then also just kind of creating and crafting these stories that can not only inspire others but they can also inspire yourself and so when i said i want to kind of start focusing on solutions instead of problems you know i've been talking about the plastic pollution problem for seven years and since then plastic awareness is at an all-time high but guess what plastic production is also at an all-time high and so i'm just like okay this is really really tiring let's let's start looking at like the, the great innovative exciting things that are happening that we can celebrate because i need it not because the world doesn't need more plastic pollution art it's just people can keep doing that i and i encourage them to do it it's just i am tired of it and so always kind of juggling your need and what the world needs and finding the balance between the two, I think is something that's really important.
0: Yeah. Maybe what I'm hearing from all three of you is that there has to be a focus on both, that focusing on doing nothing but talking about problems can be exhausting and is pretty hopeless to both the creator and the storyteller and those on the other end of receiving and hearing and engaging with those stories simultaneously to Ben's point with and to Janelle's work of not even if you just skip the problem, or if you remove the villains from the movie, it's really not a great story, uh, if one at all. And so maybe it's, hey, we are inviting people into a bigger story by talking about a really important problem that needs attention. That problem must be amplified. But instead of that being the completion of the story, hey, there's a villain and here's how much they suck. There's a bigger story that you're inviting people into, which is, hey, there's a solution to this problem. We, We want to invite you into being a part of helping us. Uh, bring that new story to life. I think it's what a lot of really great storytellers do. It is certainly what these three great storytellers do. Shout out again to my friends, Ben Stewart and Janelle Traster and Benjamin Von Wong, all who shared amazing wisdom throughout this entire roundtable conversation. As you heard in this clip, If you're going to tell a compelling story, if you're truly going to amplify at the highest level, you can't focus on just the problem or just the solution because great stories have both. To Ben's point, a film without a villain is a really boring story. Focusing on a problem without offering a solution is not a very compelling invitation and is pretty hopeless, to be honest. But what great amplifiers do is honestly present a problem and then offer us a solution and then play the role of a guide and mentor to invite us into a bigger and better and more compelling story. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, I would love your feedback. As always, you can drop me a direct email. I'll read and respond personally. You can do that by sending an an email to harris at astoria.com. H-A-R-R-I-S at I-S-T-O-R-I-A. Dot .com as always we'd really appreciate a rating or a review as we launch this new season we'd love to get this podcast Um, into the hands or should I say ears of more people. And so you leaving feedback publicly on your favorite podcast app is a great way of showing us some support, um, a small way of paying it forward and help other people discover this podcast. If you haven't taken the storytelling type assessment yet, please go do so. Head over to storygatherings.com, storygatherings.com. It's right there on the homepage. It's easy to find. Click. It only takes a few minutes of your time and you can discover your core storytelling type. As we always say, you are uh, all of these five types. You're not just one individual type, but if you're curious what your core type is, that's a great way of channeling your time and resources and energy into the right path so we can get the right resources in your hands. And it's just a fun way to learn more about yourself and why you're so drawn to this magical power that story has as a storyteller. Um. Hey, I'm Paris. Thanks again so much for listening in. Really appreciate you joining us on another episode of the Story Podcast. I can't wait to talk to you again very soon. In the meantime, please keep telling stories that matter. The Story Podcast is a production of the Astoria Collective. It is hosted and curated by Harris III and produced, edited, and mixed by Chad Michael Snavely and the team at Sound On Studios. All music is provided by the talented musicians at Soundstripe. For more information about this podcast and other creative offerings from Story, visit StoryGatherings.com.